What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sawdust Talk. Let's go! We've got an insane episode coming up for you guys. Uh, big thank you to Uncharted Customs for joining, and there he is, man of the hour. Let's get him in here. Right, right, how you doing? Let's get you guys in. It's so weird talking to myself. All right, Ryan. What up? How you doing? Good, how are you? Good, Sam. Welcome to the show, man. What's going on? How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. What's going on, Sam? How you doing, buddy? Good. Good, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Well, before we get started here, I, I just uh, want to shout out to George Supplyco. I think uh, every week we kind of always shout out to them. But I mean, big thanks to Scott for being a part of this channel and kind of helping support us and with these posters and, and all the support with our giveaways. So big thank you to him. Um, I think they're up to 40 um, shops now, which is pretty cool. Maker shops, which is just awesome. So if you are interested, go check those out at uh, George Supplyco. So absolutely. Uh, now back to you, Sam, our guest, man. How are you? I mean, how, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started woodworking? Give, yeah. give us a lowdown. Sure. Um, it's probably a, a long one, but um, I mean, for me, this is really, if I think about it, I'm not even two full years into doing anything um, of this nature at all. So, if we rewind it back to May of 2020, right when everybody was getting sent home from work and, you know, saying, you know, we'll, we'll see you in a few weeks or whatever, you know, a couple of weeks turned into a couple of years. Um, but for me, I've always had a entrepreneurial mindset, like spirit. I've always tried to do different things, kind of always wanted to be my own boss but it never really was. Um, I've done a bunch of different things, some pretty weird stuff probably to most people, but it's just part of who I am. Well, anyway, kind of try to tie it all together. For the longest time, uh, before May of 2020, I had been seeing advertisements for the Glowforge laser. That's kind of where this all started. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, those are really cool. Um, and I would, I would research people that had them and what they were making. And I'm like, well, that'd be fun. You know, something to do on my own, just a little laser to make small things. And so I asked my wife, I was like, we should get, we should get a laser. And she said, no, she's like, no, not a chance. <laughs> and, uh, so I kind of shut it down. And then when we all got sent home and I was like, this is the opportunity. I'm like, listen, like we've got the money, like we're going to be at home. Let's just do something we had at the time. Our daughter was just a few months old, um, and well, I guess she was almost a year old, um, but she was, you know, still a baby. And so we didn't really have anything to do once she was asleep or whatnot. So we ended up pulling the trigger, and we put the uh, Glowforge in our basement and just started making small things. And I was like, well, you know, we, we can make some revenue off of this. And so I just made a page, like, on Facebook and Instagram and just put a few things out there. Really small, tiny stuff, nothing compared to what I do now. And it had nothing to do with what the business is now, but it kind of just grew from there. You know, 
one of your family members or friends says, hey, can you make this and can you make that? And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And after a couple months, really, um, I started making little smaller signs, but signs for the most part. Um, and that's kind of developed into what it is today. But it took off really quick. Um, by the end of 2020, even before the end of 2020, I knew that I wanted to give it a shot. I said, I think I can make this the real deal. I think that I can make it sustainable. So I kind of told my wife probably in, oh, I don't know, it was probably October that I wanted to quit my corporate job and do this full time. So I did. In December, I told him I was leaving. Um, January 1st of 21, just went out to my garage for my first day of work by myself. And uh, here we are. I mean, it's there's a lot of things different from just over a year ago, but uh, that's kind of where it started. That's incredible, man. So, so, so it is full time now. It is full time. Yeah. That's awesome. And I guess one part that I left out, um, I, you know, I said I, I never did any type of anything like this before, but I also had never worked with tools, period, like for anything, anywhere. Like, yeah, I've used a drill and whatnot to, you know, do things in my house, but never any type of saws or anything that I have now that I'm collecting. Uh, never in my wildest dreams had I thought I would be using any of them. That's insane, man. And so you got you got the Glowforge, and that's got that was kind of your first repurchase. Which which level of Glowforge did you get? So there are three levels. Um, I have the Plus, which is like the middle. Um, the highest version is the Pro, which has like a pass through slot. Which at the time, I really didn't know what I was doing. Didn't really think I needed it, and I still have it. So it's pretty much served me pretty well for a couple of years, and still use it all the time. So yeah, that's definitely what started. And it's kind of, you know, created this uh, snowball effect. Because when someone said, can you make this? I was like, yeah, I can probably do that. But I'm going to need this tool. I'm going to learn how to use it. And so then I go buy it. And then I would use the money that I made from making that project to buy the next tool. And I kind of just kept rolling it into the business. So that's awesome. Yeah, I got my eye on a Glowforge too. I'm not quite to that level yet. But I could dream, right? And I, yeah. I told the same question I asked my wife, can I get one? She said, no. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, it's, 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 it's a huge investment for grand, you know, that's a lot of money It is it's yeah. for, me, for me as a hobby, you know, but you yeah. seem to be killing it. I like that. Yeah. And it was one of those things that, like I said, my wife and I both had our full-time jobs, but we were working from home and so I was still getting the, a steady stream of income and, and we had the extra money to do it so it was kind of one of those things where i was able to uh, feed my entrepreneurial spirit at the time while i was still getting a full-time paycheck and it kind of turned into what it is now so that's awesome man no i uh, honestly just uh picked up a, a pegas scroll saw and i'm i'm stoked for it man it's uh nice definitely i not quite a glowforge but it'll be fun so yeah i mean i i have a scroll saw I have the laser, I have a CNC, I've got power tools behind me. Um, it's it's just kind of all one thing at a time. And there's always something new that I'm like, well, I need one of those now. <laughs> no, I don't know how to use it. I'll figure it out. Yeah, so that was no. kind of 
going off of one of the questions I had was, what do you use to make your signs? So you use pretty much your Glowforge and your scroll saw and your CNC, everything? Just depends on what's so, on. For the most part, um, I will use the laser and the CNC just about every sign. The scroll saw I don't use as much anymore. Um, I get that out one for emergencies because I have had one of those before where the technology just doesn't work or it shuts down on you in the middle of something and you need it. Um, I'll get it out for that. Or if uh, sometimes the CNC, because the, the bits are obviously round, they will round an edge instead of get like an inside point. I'll get that out and kind of cut my points out. Um, but I don't use that as much anymore. I did. That's kind of where the, uh, the sign started, you know, stuff that, that was too big for uh, the laser originally as I got the scroll saw and I've cut four foot wide pieces on the scroll saw before, which is not fun, uh, but I've done it. Uh, but yeah, for, for the most part, all my detail pieces uh, are cut on the laser and then the big or thicker pieces are definitely cut out on the CNC. That's awesome, man. And kind of, uh, go, kind of going off that, how'd you come up with the name? Come up with uh, Uncharted Customs. Yeah, so um, I, I originally, uh, there may be somebody watching out there. Originally, I just threw a name out there, and it was it was called Craft Lab, and so that's what my original name was. So if you scroll all the way back on my IG, it's like the first post, and because my wife and I were like, oh, we'll just make little crafts, and and I was trying to be clever, and it was generic and whatever. So when I knew I was going to go full time, I wanted to actually get some type of brand that was me that was um, also uh, a little more broad. Um, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself in any type of name with something specific, whether because I make signs. I don't really know where this is going. So I stuck the last part is customs because I feel like um, I'll always do custom work. But one day if I decide to build a table, which I have no experience doing, but if I do, it still fits, you know, I can still make custom pieces. Right. Um, but the uncharted part is for me, I'm all about exploring the unknown, I guess. I'm kind of uh, fearless, I guess, when it comes to trying new things. And that's what I want to share with other people. And what I try to do on an almost daily basis is to just push your limits, um, go places you've never been, try things you've never tried, and you never know where it might take you. Because for me, I named it Uncharted because this was completely new. Like I told you, I, I never had any experience doing this, but I dove in, ended up loving it, and here I am self-employed. So to me, it's just, you know, the saying of like uncharted waters. You, you don't know where you're going, but just go and you, you'll find your way. I love it. I love that's, it. That's incredible, man. That, I mean, that that's um, admirable. You know, I mean, that you could take that leap of faith, leap of faith and kind of turn it in what you have done. I mean, that, that's really cool, man. Um, you kind of mentioned, you know, your first, your, your craft labs, right? What was your first projects that you put out? Oh, the first things I ever made on the Glowforge were like, little keychains or little wooden puzzles, like little engravings, some acrylic stuff. I used to do some, some acrylic stuff. I've pretty much gotten rid of all my acrylic uh, just because I like doing what I'm doing now. And um, it just wasn't really serving me, but I did have like an Etsy with like 
custom keychains and things like that with acrylic and wood. Um, but it was just, it, it didn't make sense to put my time there because the money wasn't as good there as it is with other things. And so when I went full time, I had to kind of adjust and do what was going to not only fulfill me, but also fulfill uh, financially. So for sure. Do you, do you still have an Etsy page? I, well, technically it's still there, but it's closed. So yeah, we got you. Nice. So how busy are you staying right now with signs? Like, are you booked, what, a couple months out or? So it, that's, that's kind of the hard question. So I've been, I don't want to say a time period and I don't ever really give a time period. I give quite a big range because I don't really know what's going to happen. Sometimes things get in the way. And, and so I try to be pretty broad, but in, in general, I'm several weeks out. Um, right now I'm running into a lot of, I have all of the verbals and none of the deposits um, in place. So I'm in, in, a, in a pretty long, there's a pretty long line of people if they were all paid, I'll put it that way. And that's one, that's one thing that I would say that uh, is kind of a downside of, of being the only guy and being the only person is, is trying to reach back out to people because you've done all of the legwork, you've got them all their quotes, they've all agreed to it. They've got it in their inbox. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, I mean, tomorrow, if half those people paid, I could be out for a very long time. If they don't, you know, it, it just kind of depends. So I make everything uh, based on when I receive someone's deposit. Absolutely. So that's kind of where they get in line. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for those of you wondering, I mean, th this is kind of an example of your science. I mean, I yeah. ordered one a while ago and man, it's, it's amazing. So it kind of just want to go off of that. Like, how did you get this like layering <laughs> like style, you know, cause it's really cool. It's really cool. And it's, it's unique. You know, I mean, I think, I don't know if you can see that, but like the layers of this are so cool. Yeah, so again, no real experience. Um, it's kind of one of those things when I started doing it, um, and I still do it every time I get someone's you know, logo or business or whatever, I will just start thinking. Because I'm not, as far as artistic goes, I can't draw I, to save my life, no chance. Um, I'm a little bit better with computers. I can handle a computer pretty well, but still drawing in it, not my thing. So I pretty much do it up here um, and try to break it down into the layers. And there's always a lot of ways you can do it, especially something like that Manchester United sign where there are so many different dimensions. It could, could have been built several different ways. Um, and I try to just think of what I think would look best and I play around with it. Then I break it down into layers on my computer. Um, but there's really no, I guess, one way to do it, I guess, that, that I would say. It just depends on how complicated a, a sign is. I always go with, um, you know, one solid color for, for the background or the border or whatever it is, and then kind of just build up from there. So with different colors, how, you know, it's going to look. I want everything to kind of pop at you three-dimensionally. So if you think of it as a different piece I want it to kind of come out. So yeah, it's, it's, there's no real rhyme or reason. It's just kind of whatever I come up with. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, like I said, I, that's my favorite sign ever. And I, <laughs> I love seeing it. that. I love seeing it on all your videos. It's, it's so sick. 
What was I going to ask you? Okay, so your favorite – I'm kind of going to put you on the spot. Your favorite sign you've done so far. Do you have a certain favorite project? I feel like the the last one I make is, like, almost always my favorite. Um, almost because I always feel like I've done the last one better than the one before. Um, now, I've had, I've had a few favorites for sure. Um, I just started recently doing um, more – fading of paints some some ombre type of stuff which i had never dove into before the very first one i did um was a, a big it's, it's rather simple but it's just a big giant m it's a, a well actually it's from maryville university so you're pretty close down there in st louis um so it's in their lacrosse locker room and they kind of have a faded m uh, logo so that was kind of the very first time i ever attempted that and it, it turned out really well it's got some led lights in the back of it so the ones that I'm doing the, the fading on are right now my favorite just because I'm, I feel like I'm gaining a new skill. I'm getting better at it. Um, but one of the, the, the biggest project, I guess, and not necessarily the, the most in-depth sign, but the biggest project I've ever had was um, 100 of the same sign uh, for a minor league baseball team in Florida. And I did that last year uh, before the end of the baseball season. So that was really cool to be able to do. They were, they were rather simple. They were, they were home plates with their logo on them. And then there was a team picture slotted in the middle, but it was uh, plaques that they gave to all their team sponsors and they engraved it on their, um, you know, team sponsor or whatever it was. So that was a really cool uh, one to do. That's awesome. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I also really like your like glasses one with the mountains in the background. Yeah. Yeah. That one right there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely one of my favorites that you've done for sure. Yeah, um, so that one kind of combines the carving into, uh, and then also the stack on top of, which is a pretty unique thing to do in my opinion too. So not yeah, a lot of sure. not a lot of people go in and up. So yeah, no, that that's really cool, man. Um, wh what's next for you? You know, what, what's coming up? Any any uh, insight into that? <clears throat> um, as far as projects, I mean, I'm doing a lot of business logos now it's kind of it's really shifted in the last several months um from i was doing a lot of um stuff for for you know people's houses or just personal stuff and then i had a few videos that that got a lot of views on instagram and it ended up being a lot of businesses and so i've been doing a lot of business logos lately so that's really fun um i also just got a fiber laser which i'm trying to learn um, so that's the newest uh, tool in here. I was actually messing around with it tonight, trying to get a uh, like tumbler engraved uh, for the first time. I haven't quite got there, but I think I'm almost there. So that's kind of my next uh, my next thing that I'm trying out. And that, I guess there was a question about: Do you ever worry about copyright at all? Yeah, I mean, so when I was doing a lot of the sports logos, um, yes and no. Um, for the most part, what I've found, and because that's kind of where I, I started, was doing just everybody in their house wanted their own sports logo or in their man cave or whatever. Um, I found that really the professional sports pretty much leave everyone alone. I haven't personally heard anything from any of them. I mean, they could go after you if they wanted to and then right. just be over. Um, the one area that... I would say is the, 
the big avoid or at least don't post about it or tag them or whatever would be college sports college sports um they some of them will go after you but i will say early on i was making pieces i obviously i didn't know what i was doing or i was just tagging because i thought it was cool i had one university like put my work on their instagram page so it just kind of depends on who you get i guess so um i know there's some bigger schools out there like ohio state notre dame places like that that are just like super productive of their brand they've got people employed to look for those things um so that would just kind of be my advice now that i've moved a lot more towards the business signs I don't really worry about it too much, but I never had anything bad happen to me. But I have heard of other people getting, you know, their page shut off right. or, or things deleted, which I do think I've had one post deleted off of Instagram ever and maybe one off of Facebook because somebody said you can't have that. So <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so kind of on that note, uh, someone asked uh, earlier and I missed who it was, but they're asking about how to grow on Instagram. What's your advice there? Um, any thoughts? Yeah, so like I said, about coming up on two years here in May that I created the original Instagram. And what you don't know, you don't know. And I've just kind of learned over time. Um, but what I've found the most uh, beneficial, I guess, is just connecting with other people. It's not always putting out a video every single day it's not always using the perfect hashtags it's not always you know following the trend now those things do work sometimes but when everybody does the same thing not everybody is going to grow so it's all about the connections for me for the longest time before i even got an account as big as i have now it was just talking to other people. And, and in this sense, it was mostly to other makers. Uh, for the longest time, Instagram had nothing to do with the actual business for me. Um, it was a place for me to have a gallery, but it wasn't really generating revenue. I got a lot more of my revenue locally off of Facebook pages and things like that, where things have started to shift now. Uh, but for the longest time, I was just following other makers, talking to them, um, interacting with their posts, seeing what they do. And that's how I've learned a lot of the things that I know is from other people, because I had no knowledge in this whatsoever. And, uh, you know, just connecting with other people. And I always, always, always talk back to everyone that messages me. Um, I'm, I try to be as genuine as possible, help as many people as possible. And I think that also helps because I was just like that. And anybody else that's starting that wants to do what I'm doing or something similar. Um, I want to help them get there because, you know, that's just kind of giving back to the, to the community that you were built on. So for me, it's all about connecting with people, not necessarily all the posting. Although if you're trying to grow now, I think everybody knows reels is the way to really go viral. Um, and so in that case, you can get lucky. I have, I would say gotten lucky a few times uh, to get uh, some more growth. But before that, even, um, I was growing at a, a decent pace just by uh, sharing my experiences day to day. Right. That's awesome, man. And so that's kind of what I use my Instagram for is, you know, just like a gallery, you know, because for me, it's a hobby, you know. Um, 
But I seen another question kind of going off of what you just said. What other sign makers are you inspired by? Do you have certain ones that you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them out there. I would hate to leave somebody out um, because I, I talk to so many people um, and, and get information from, from so many people. Um, I will say from the very beginning, um, I started following Dave Taylor. Everybody knows of Dave. Um, he is kind of the person that I talked to when I first started, who was, you know, showing everyone how to paint. And since then, I've kind of developed my own painting. I use my own different paints now. But if it weren't for him, um, I probably wouldn't be here uh, doing what I'm doing, or at least I wouldn't have accelerated as fast as I did. Of course, I had to put in the work myself, but um, he was super integral to getting me started. And I'll always give him uh, the credit for that. But there's, there's all kinds of, of other people out there. Um, pa over at Touch My Woodworks is one of my, I guess, best friends on the internet, um, I would say. Um, we were just at WorkbenchCon um, in February and uh, met a lot of other people that I am internet friends with for the first time. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but there's, there's honestly too many to name. I don't want to leave too many people out, but uh, there's, there's a lot of people that have inspired me for sure. Is there a, a certain software that you use to make your designs? Yeah, so I do all of my um, work in Inkscape. It's a free program um, similar to, I, I would think, Illustrator. Um, I had never, again, used any sort of design program before, so completely self-taught on that as well. Um, I'm pretty decent with it now, but as a free program, it's not something that's taught uh, for the most part. It's kind of something you got to figure out on your own. So I would say on that one, I have at least a, a, a minor from YouTube University and in Inkscape um, that uh, I, I did a lot of work there. But I'm also, you know, teaching other people that kind of stuff now. So um, I've done a few uh, Zoom calls with other makers, teaching them how to use it. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good program as long as you don't need to get too sophisticated. Um, if you're just making SVG files for your laser or your CNC, I think it's a perfect program and uh, it's fairly easy to use. Uh, it can somewhat be time consuming depending on what you're doing, but if you don't need something too complicated, a few clicks away and you'll be off. So have you ever done like a class on, on that or just like held the class for other makers or do you just do like Zoom calls? I haven't done a class. Uh, it's something that I have um, thought about doing. Yeah. I've, like I, I've, done, I've done a few Zooms, maybe four or five, um, where I just have sat down with them and kind of shared my screen and, and kind of taught back and forth of, of what they were doing or helped with specific projects. Um, and I right. have thought about doing some of those classes um, here in the future. It's kind of one of those things that I'm thinking about as I – kind of steer the direction of my business. Um, I want to do some more teaching because I do enjoy that. Um, I just need to carve out the time and, and make sure I'm kind of putting my time in, in the right places to, to make sure that everything runs smoothly first. For sure. Do you use a separate program for the CNC side of things or? So everything would be designed. So the, the laser and the CNC 
both take um, the SVG file. So okay. as far as the Glowforge goes, you kind of just upload it. Uh, Glowforge is cloud-based. So they have an app online that you would just load it into and then there's a camera in the Glowforge and you kind of move it around. Uh, for the CNC, um, you would upload the SVG into another program. In that case, um, I'm currently using Easel Pro. There's a lot of those out there. Um, there's some programs by Vectric that are really, really intense uh, that I hope to get to one day, but right now it's pretty basic. Um, but you do need to upload your SVGs into uh, another program that will give you what's called a G-code uh, that you can upload into the CNC for its language. But it all starts as the SVG in Inkscape. And then for the CNC, there's that extra, extra step. So currently using and have always used Easel. Um, it's pretty simple. Awesome. That's awesome. And so something that's been intriguing me for the last couple of weeks, and I see that you use it a lot, is I guess your paints, or I consider them spray paints. Yeah. The, the 94s and the hardcores. Yeah. I see more and more of them on Instagram daily. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So for the longest time, um, I used Rust-Oleum or Krylon or whatever was on the shelf at Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever. Uh, whatever, whatever I could find the closest color to what I needed um, because that's kind of what I was taught. As I mentioned, um, Dave kind of introduced me to all this and, and that's what he uses. And so I was using all of those things and, and following the steps that he took um, and great results. No, don't get me wrong. Um, but I have found that, especially in the climate that I'm in, uh, in central Illinois, which is just crazy weather all the time, the seasons change like that. One day it's 70, the next day it's 30. Um, that being able to paint consistently uh, for me wasn't working with those types of paints, even though I used them for the longest time. Um, because those paints that you get at um, your, your box stores or, or your home improvements are oil-based, um, temperature and humidity affect them like crazy. Uh, you know, oil and water don't mix. So humidity with moisture in the air spraying, if it doesn't mix right, um, you're going to be sanding and scraping and getting that kind of stuff off of there. So when I was kind of introduced to graffiti paint at uh, the time, I didn't really know anything about it. I just knew it was more expensive. And, um, but I gave it a try. And the first one I tried was uh, Montana cans, which is Montana gold. And I can get to that in a second. There are two separate companies, but anyway, I tried that and it just kind of changed the game for me. Um, it It's an acrylic base, so it's it's not affected really by the weather. Those kind of paints are formulated to literally be painted on canvases outdoors, like, you know, buildings. So it's not really affected by the weather. It dries in minutes, not hours or days. Um, it's just completely different. Now, what you do get with those Rust-Oleums or the things that you buy in the store, that oil-based, um, you can get a high gloss sheen. And the graffiti paints are matte. Uh, they are matte finish, so you're getting a completely different look. The, they do have uh, some, a gloss line. All these different uh, places do have gloss lines. It's not 
the same sheen. I will say that. So if you're looking for a high gloss sheen, you're going to have to use that oil base um, if that's what you want to get out of your projects. Um, and, and like I said, that's fine. Um, but it's just going to maybe cause you more problems. And for me, it was I would paint a whole sign that has 72 pieces and six of them would be bad. And so then I would have to stop in the middle, redo the six pieces, hope those came out okay the next day in order to get it glued up. And when they became, you know, full time for me and really got going, time is everything. So right. um, making that switch. And then I found, well, actually I'm sitting next to my rack. So then I found the MTN 94, which is Montana Colors, which is a totally different paint company. Um, and I just huh. like how it sprays better. So that's what I go with now. I mean, I've got the one color rack right here. And then I have a whole nother rack of black and white and gray and stuff like that. Um, oh, no kidding. That one is over there. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So how many uh, spray cans do you have on, uh, on hand at any time? Um, well, I have some that are not on the rack as well. I'm probably at least 200-ish oh cans God. of paint in here um i've kind of it's kind of been uh my collection now i kind of just every time i order new every time i need to order more paint of colors i use all the time i'll always order like four or five new colors that i've never used before um just so i can have them know exactly what they're going to spray like and uh so if the time comes when i need it i have it um and i can kind of just compare shades but as far as the two montanas go so we've got the Montana cans and Montana colors. And I just actually put this in my stories today. Um, there's a lot of confusion of that because there are two graffiti paint companies, both called Montana. They are not the same. They are made in different countries and uh, they, they just, they're, they're different. Uh, they are both graffiti paint and they're both matte, uh, but they are separate. So if you see a Montana gold, black, uh, can Montana cans one company that uh, I believe is Germany German and then uh, Montana colors is Spanish so completely different I watched your video today so yeah, yeah I <laughs> and so what's crazy is you made that video too and then I guess is it is her name Morgan yeah she, Morgan Captain yeah, Flex. yep yep she uh she's she's big into that paint too and I follow her yes a lot and she explained the difference between the two companies also yeah 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 well, morgan like, is the one that turned me on to mtn's primer which yeah. i now use for almost all of my detail stuff which i hadn't used before but ever since she recommended it um i, I don't use anything else so like price wise like a can of rustoleum you know compared to a can of 94 what's the price difference roughly so I guess it's going to vary a little bit where you get it from, but what's called Rust-Oleum 455 bucks, something like that uh, for a regular can. Uh, the MTN 94 is seven. So it's a couple bucks more. Um, I buy all mine at Spray Planet. Um, they're in California, but they're like the biggest distributor of it, at least in the United States. There are a lot of other um, graffiti paints out there. I know a lot of, the Canadian people will use um, Dang or the Molotov. I know that's more readily available for them. So if anybody watching is trying to get into graffiti paint, look at those. Um, 
I, I've, I've never used them, but everyone there kind of seems to swear by those as well. And I think they're kind of all the same. They get you the same result. They all kind of just spray a little bit different. Um, there's some high pressure cans, low pressure cans, and that has a lot to do with graffiti art um, that, that I don't understand. Um, they have, each one of these has, I don't know if I have it. I've got a bag of different spray tips that go on here that I've just tried out. They probably have 15 different ones uh, for just one can that you can get, you know, different, uh, different sprays. So oh there's gosh. a lot that goes into it. Um, I've kind of found the one that uh, I like and I kind of just go with it. But uh, yeah, there's, it's a, it's kind of a whole new world, but it's kind of changed my world because for the most part, it comes out great the first time. And uh, it saved me a lot of time, even though I'm putting a little bit more money up front, it's worth it in the amount of time that I save. And I think the quality that I'm, that I'm able to put out, I think it just, it looks better. And um, a, another big thing that I love about it is if something doesn't necessarily look right, or maybe you didn't get a good, good enough coverage, you know, even the next day, just spray right over it. It, it, it covers itself. It doesn't bubble. It doesn't, you know, wrinkle anything like that. So that's awesome. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, particular tips for, uh, anybody who's getting into spray painting their, uh, their work? I would say the number one thing that I, that I get asked about when the painting is, is how to get, you know, get it so smooth. It, it comes down to everything you do before painting. Uh, it's, it's sanding and priming. Um, if it's not sanded flat, it's not going to paint flat. If it's not primed all the way, it's not going to stick, especially with MDF, which is pretty much what I use exclusively for my signs. Now I will get into some other stuff if I'm doing staining and things like that. But for anything painted, um, using MDF and MDF will just soak up the paint if it is not properly sealed. So sanding, number one, and then primer, number two, to get your, your coverage. Um, what I do is I sand everything down. Um, now I usually do everything to about a 320 grit at least. Um, and then I will prime it. Then we will sand again. With the MTN primer, I find that you really don't need to um, prime a second time unless you really take it all the way off. Um, but if you're using something like a filler primer, then usually prime it, sand it, and then give it another coat of primer to make sure it's fully covered. Um, but after that primer, especially with the graffiti paint, it should go on really, really smooth. Um, the painting is actually, I would say, the easier part uh, than, than getting the piece prepped to paint awesome that's cool that's a lot of sanding a lot of sanding a lot of sanding it's terrible so is is graffiti paint pretty much is it water-based or is it still oil-based yeah it's, it's it's acrylic based so it's water yep yeah it's kind of similar to stuff we we were using in guatemala you know we always use oil-based paint but since the it was so hot and humid there we were using water-based paint and it, it was so much better and yeah. it, it's a lot easier to clean up too. Oh yeah. Most definitely. I got another question for you. What kind of material do you like to use most MDF plywood, etc.? So obviously you said MDF. Yeah. MDF is what I use mostly any, anything that I'm painting. Um, I will do uh, some different things for people that if, if they want a, a wood grain look, um, if I'm doing something of that nature and it's, you know, a, a big piece, a big sign that needs something, I'll use, I'll use birch for the most part. Um, 
I'll purchase plywood. I have done a few hardwood things, but that's not really my, my expertise. Um, I've done one really, really nice uh, it's a unity puzzle for someone's wedding last, last summer um, that I did in all hardwoods. But that's really kind of my extent of that. I'm getting ready to do another one for another wedding here soon. Uh, but for the most part, MDF, um, birch plywood, and then kind of depending as well. I'll do some, I've done some carves in uh, some, some pine and some, some different things, but for the most part, it's just MDF. That's awesome. Uh, question from Olivia's design company. What, what brand CNC do you have? Or you I have the Onefinity. Um, I've never had anything else. I get questions all the time of people asking me, you know, which machine is better. Um, and I won't, I'll give it to you straight. I've only had one, so I can't really compare it to anything else. Um, but from everything I've heard from other people that have owned other machines, it's kind of been a class of its own. Um, as far as a, what I would consider probably a hobby uh, machine, not something big and industrial. I mean, they can get super big. Um, but for something that's this size and that price range, the Onefinity kind of, in my opinion, having only used it, would kind of blow the other ones out of the water. It's all ball and screw. That's how it moves. If there's no belts, there's no real, you know, maintenance that you have to keep up on it other than keeping the rails oiled. Um, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It's, it's sturdy. They are an innovative company. They are always making new accessories, new things to go with it. It's not like they made a machine and that's what they do and they're satisfied with it. That's what I like about it most, but I actually, so it would have been, had it for about a year and a half. Um, but when I ordered it, I pre-ordered it. So Onefinity has existed as a company less than I have. Um, so I pre-ordered it and I got it six months later. So um, I've, I've had it for about 14 months now, maybe. And ordered it almost two years ago. So <clears throat> they are still going through that process. Even a couple years later, they are still out. They don't have inventory. They're, they're, they're still working on building those machines of people that just continue to order. So it's, it's a very sought after machine. If it's something that you want, be prepared to wait a few weeks, but I, I would say it's totally worth it. Even if you look at another one and say, I can get that in a week or I can get this in two months, my opinion would be to go with this one. Um, originally, my cutting area was 32 by 32. Um, since then, they created a new rail. So I actually have a four foot wide uh, by 32 now. So 48 by 32, I just purchased the new rail and took the old one off and put the new one on and sent the old one back to them. And... Uh, upgraded so that's what i really like about them is that they're they're just constantly innovating and they have all kinds of different accessories that i don't have all of but um, i'm sure they're just only going to continue from there that's so awesome. that sounds great so are you uh are you affiliated with any of those companies at all no um well with with onefinity they currently don't need it um i've asked them about it honestly um if i could do some some different things for them and, and they really, they don't need it. I know they do have a couple people that were, were there from the get go that were, you know, promoting it before they were 
even producing them. And they've had a few people since then, but they don't really need a whole lot of that because the sales keep coming, the lines keep forming. Um, and I think it kind of speaks for itself. I'll still continue to talk about it. I don't need to be necessarily affiliated with them for, right. for any reason, because uh, I love it and I want other people to get that out of it. Um, with the Glowforge, um, I wouldn't call it affiliated. Um, I do have an affiliate link for people that want to purchase them, that, that I can get a discount to them. Um, and, I, and I've done that. I offer for everyone out there that, that wants to get one and, and they use my link or not, I'm always here to help you. But I always offer, you know, when that machine comes in and you have any questions, just reach out to me. Um, I'm kind of that support system uh, that you can have immediately instead of trying to reach out to them directly and, and wait and whatnot. I can kind of give you a, a direct response and I can also show you exactly what I'm looking at, what you're looking at. And uh, so I, I do that for everyone. I've, I've helped uh, help them generate some sales. Um, and then the uh, fiber laser that I just got, now that would be kind of my first, I would say bigger affiliation. Um, that's with a company called Monport. They are, it's a Chinese laser company, just like OM Tech, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. Um, they are the exact same machines. There's literally nothing different about them. They come from the same factory in China and they put a different name on it. So the uh, machine there, um, I am working with them. They are trying to get sales going in North America. They haven't previously been selling in North America pre previous to maybe a month ago or two. So um, I'm going to do some content for them on the fiber laser, but that's kind of really my first big um, partnership, I guess. I do um, work with a couple other smaller brands on, on, on different things, glues and tapes and things like that. But as far as big machines, that would be uh, the, the first one. That's awesome, man. That, that's uh, really cool. Can't wait to see that content. Uh, yeah. Any other big uh, upgrades to the shop coming in the future? Um, I would like to get a bigger CO2 laser, bigger than the Glowforge. Um, that's, oh, yeah. that's definitely in the plans. I don't know when. It was kind of, now was supposed to be that time that I kind of set aside to do that. But then the fiber laser thing came, so kind of pushed it back a little bit. So maybe here in the next few months, um, but we'll see. It, it just kind of depends. One one reason I wanted to get the the bigger CO2 laser uh, was, was not only to cut bigger pieces from my signs really quick, but also to do um, things on a rotary, like tumblers and things like that, that I can provide as a, as a custom uh, work. But now that I have the fiber laser, as soon as I learn it, I can uh, do that on there. So the need for it got to push back just a little bit, but I still want one. It's still going to happen. Uh, not sure exactly when, uh, but that, that would be the next one. I've always also wanted a UV printer. I don't know. Um, I, I just kind of always see different people doing different things, and I'm like, oh, I want one of those, or I, I can do that. <laughs> and so I'm pretty confident by a couple of years from now, I'm just going to have all this stuff, and I'm, I'm not going to know what to do. Uh, with myself so that is kind of the plan moving forward probably co2 laser uh bigger one first unless somebody comes along and wants to give me something but we'll see <laughs> yeah it's always a good thing right yeah <laughs> uh wobbly arrow sign works asked uh, if you finally learned to measure in, in metric yeah thanks Bia. um yeah uh, of course i actually funny enough so what he's referring to, if, if for those that don't know, one of my videos that 
kind of took off was the, just a measuring trick and, you know, trying to find center using the fractional on your, your non-metric tape measure, uh, on your imperial tape measure and using a diagonal basic geometry. But anyway, it has like almost 12 million views and I would bet eight to nine million of them are people from other countries that were just commenting, use the metric system, you're dumb, um, all kinds <laughs> of stuff like that. More or less over and over and over and over for like almost two weeks straight. Oh my like God. Every three minutes, someone would just say, use the metric system, you're an idiot, uh, things like that. <laughs> so that's probably what he's referring to. But when I got my uh, fiber laser in the little kit that came with it was a metric tape measure. So I'm proud to say I have one, I can use it. That's amazing. <laughs> and you, you said 12 million views? I think it's almost up to 12 million, yeah. It, oh it still God. gets a few each day, but uh, yeah, it ran, it ran to like 11 million in a couple weeks. Um, mostly, mostly haters. Mostly haters. <laughs> hey, well, guess what? Haters, the haters boosted it up, so thank you, haters. They did. Oh, it, you get a chance. I'm, I'm not joking. Go back and look at it. I still get a few comments each day. It doesn't get played as much, but go look at it. I mean, you'll find it, it'll be 30 comments in a row that just say all kinds of stuff, but mostly use the metric system or America is dumb or you know, just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Has nothing to do with me, but. A bunch of yeah, internet, internet warriors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So kind of going off like the internet warriors, have you – been hacked yet or tried to be hacked yet because i know that's going around um i don't think so now there's only one time where instagram has done me bad i would say so it was actually probably about a year ago from right now um, right after i went full time i i got put in what i was at the time calling ig jail um i i could log in i was logged in um, I couldn't like anything. I couldn't comment on anything. I couldn't post anything. Nothing. I could I could log in and I could see it. And if you messaged me, I could message you back. And it was that way, I think, for 10 days. I mean, and there was no reason. I just logged in one day and it says, you're suspended for, I don't even know what it is, like spamming or something. And I was like, what? Like, and it just, it was in the middle of the day too, when it kind of went off. It was like, almost lunchtime and I checked my phone and all I did was log in and it's like, you're gone. And I was like, what? And there's literally no one you can talk to. It doesn't matter what you do. There's no Instagram support. There's no nothing. You can submit a ticket, which I'm pretty sure just goes out into space. Um, no one never comes back. Yeah. No, no. So I literally just sat there not knowing if I was ever going to have it again. And I could, oh, I could do stories too. So I was posting in my stories but there was no physical uh, posts for me going out on someone's feed. So I could just do stories and I could message people back, but nothing other than that. So I don't know what happened there. I don't think I was hacked, but something went, something went wrong. Something went wrong. I will say for anybody that has, or may want to, you know, really tighten up the security, definitely do two-step verification. Um, it's in your settings. Uh, if someone does try to log in, you get a, you know, a message to your phone and a text or an email or whatever you choose. And you can just say, that's not me. And they'll be ejected. So definitely do that if you are concerned about it. Yeah. Cause usually it's always 
based around giveaways from what I saw when I first started getting on Instagram, but now it's getting like really bad, you know? Yeah. People, another thing with, with giveaways too, um, you see a lot of, you know, people just duplicating someone's account and saying, oh, you know, and, and you know, I'll, I'll send you whatever <laughs> they'll, they'll follow you and you'll think it's the real person. Um, most of that is triggered by giveaways. Uh, when people put in their posts, like hashtag giveaway, that's kind of like a, I don't know if they're, they're bots or whatever that just create new accounts and pull your pictures or whatever, but they will do it. And that's the number one thing. So even when I've done giveaways, um, I've, I've just kind of left that out because right. really it's not, it's not going to increase your traffic by putting hashtag giveaway. It's really not the people that see it are going to see it um, and they'll, they'll see what it is. So yeah, yeah no, that, that's for sure. I mean, you don't use hashtag giveaway if you, if you don't need to. I mean, it's, right. your following will, will blow it up, right? For sure. Um, so, so we've only got a couple minutes left here. Um, let's uh, maybe do a couple quick uh, this or that and then finish up with a giveaway real quick, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. IG likes to kick me off at like right in an hour, so I want to wanna make sure we wrap it up uh, real quick, so. All right, Ryan, over to you, man, to start, kick us off. Do you like Home Depot or Lowe's better? Um, well, what if I throw a curveball and I say Menards? Well, that's – hey. I support that. <laughs> yeah, because because Menards is literally across the street. So – and I get 11%. You know, it, it's just, it, just, it just keeps rolling over every time you buy something. I mean, the place is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is what's your favorite power tool or like what what brand are you um what brand uh, most most tool? most of my power tools are ryobi i do have a dewalt um miter saw and i do have a couple of milwaukee but most most everything like my uh drills and uh circular saw things like that are that are all um ryobi and circular uh orbital sander things like that just because it's kind of what I started with and all the batteries are compatible. So why, why change that? <laughs> Those are expensive. Absolutely. Well, Scott said Ace Hardware, which we have a new one in Eureka, Scott, and it's pretty epic. It's got a lumber yard now, so it's right by the house. So that's <laughs> probably where, that's where I'm going to get my pine from. Nice. And uh, so, I mean, it wouldn't be sawdust talk if I didn't ask you, like, the elephant in the room. Do you like hand tools or power tools? Oh, definitely power tools. Yeah. I, as much as you use your hands, I thought you were going to say hand tools, and I was getting so excited. No. No. Uh, it's got to be the power tools. Like I said, I didn't really use anything before, so I don't really have a, a ton of experience with, with a lot of the hand tools, but... Um, the power tools, man, convenience, quickness. Sometimes I really got to just time is time is of the essence. Right, right. Um, one more question, I guess. Uh, what is your do you have a favorite hardwood that you like to use if you, when you get into the hardwoods? Yeah, I uh, haven't used it too much. Um, the the couple that I've that I've used the, the few times uh, would be probably walnut. Um, it would be would be the favorite. I used it some of it in the puzzle. Um, I just I just like how how it looks and it gives a lot of contrast to a lot of the the lighter woods. I used it with some some hard oak and some maple, so it really just kind of switched things up as far as uh, the the color tone. That's awesome. 
All right, let's uh, wrap it up with a giveaway. And uh, Sam, I don't know if you've ever been on one of these, but uh, you're in charge of picking our number for our giveaway. All right. So it. there's 34 people on, on here watching us live. Okay. So you pick number one through 34. Um, don't show it. Uh, and Ryan and I will kind of read off the comments as they go. So you write that number down. Got it. <laughs> 17. Got it? You, want me to, you want me to write it down? Yeah, write it down. Okay. So you know. Well, everybody's saying 17 again. <laughs> 17 is going. Because 17 was, yeah, it's a, it's a running joke on the show. So. 32, 25. 22, 25, 32, 24, 5, 3, 14, 13, 31, 7, 7, 28, 47, 15, 13, Jeff, you're fired, 27. So when they say it, Am I telling you? Yeah, you yeah. tell us whenever you hear. Okay. It. Thirty-five, two. Hey, three, feel free to give us any hints. One. Uh, single digit. Five, two. <laughs> Nine. Four. Four. One. <laughs> Nine. Twelve. Six. Nine. Eight. I mean. 32, seven? nine, nope. <laughs> four, 18. Are we sure this eight, is a number? Six. I said it was a single digit. Seven, eight. Did you say, I, maybe you said I, I missed it. Five. It's five. Okay. <laughs> I, I think we've said it already. I'll okay. show well, that's my guys. bad. Though. You're good, man. No worries. Sam, big big thanks for uh, being a part of the show, man. It was it was fun and great talking to you. Sorry yeah. for keeping you up yeah, so thanks late. Thanks, Sam, for joining us, man. It was a pleasure learning yes. all about the signs, the beautiful signs that you make. I appreciate oh, it. Paul Real Woodpecker, you are the winner tonight. <laughs> Twenty dollars to uh, George Supply Co. coming your way. So. Uh, Support any of the makers. I don't know if you have a shop yourself, but uh, if not, you should get one. Um, and the rest of us, um, yeah. Big, big thanks, Sam, for joining. It, it was fun. Yeah, thanks. I had a lot of fun, too, guys. All right. All right well, take care, and uh, thanks for joining, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you, guys. All right. See ya.